You've probably heard me talk about my dog, Jackson. He's my baby boy. And as he's gotten older, he's gotten really finicky about eating. He used to get so excited about food, he'd literally spin. Well, not anymore. In fact, I often have to spoon feed him to get him to eat. Well, no more. Not since we started feeding him fresh food made with whole ingredients, backed by veterinary science. It's Nom Nom. Now, I actually tried making food for him myself. I'd cook up big batches of chicken or beef with vegetables and rice or potatoes. But without knowing what I was doing, he wasn't getting the vitamins and minerals he needed and certainly not in the correct balance. That's all changed now with Nom Nom. Go to trynom.com, T-R-Y-N-O-M.com slash Nicole. They'll ask you some questions about your pup and tailor a specific amount of individually packaged Nom Nom meals and send them to you. By using my special URL, trynom.com slash Nicole, you'll get 50% off of your first order, plus free shipping, and it's a great way to help support this show too. Again, that's trynom.com slash Nicole. plus Nom Nom comes with a money-back guarantee. If your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom. The following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Viewer discretion is advised. Wait a minute. Do you still think politics is boring? Well, not when you can say fun words like cacus. Yes, it's fun words like cacus and more. With the intellectual, intersexual, and intersectional, Nicole Sandler on NicoleSandler.com. Mom. Uh, hi! Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's only Wednesday. Doesn't it feel like it's so much later in the week? Oh, I can take my glasses off now uh, because I can kind of see without them again. Um, <clears throat> although there are times I still need them. Anyway, anyway, what a day yesterday, huh? And what a night. So I was right. Not that I'm constantly patting myself on the back or anything. I'm, I'm the first to admit that I'm often wrong But remember what I said about Trump's uh, big speech at Mar-a-Lago last night. I said, watch all, you know, all the cable channels are going to carry it live. CNN will. MSNBC won't. And sure enough, um, this happened last night. Uh, This happened last night. (laughs) <laughs> just as a moment of business here, and then I'll come to you in just one second. I need to tell you that right now, uh, the former president himself is making remarks tonight um, from his home in Florida. As far as we can tell, and what we were prepared for here is that this is basically a campaign speech in which he is repeating his same lies and allegations against his perceived enemies. It is just getting started. Um, so far, he's just giving his normal list of grievances. We don't consider that necessarily newsworthy, and there's a cost to us as a news organization of knowingly broadcasting untrue things. So uh, uh-huh. our deal with you is that we will monitor these remarks. If he does say anything newsworthy, we will turn them around and report on that right away. But uh, for now, just know that it's happening and we're not taking it. Good for them. And I I kind of figured that's what they would do. I have no idea if they ever turned anything around because he said anything newsworthy because I wasn't watching. I I couldn't. Um, By the time Rachel Maddow came on last night, I was I was beyond trumped out. I had enough of that man um, <clears throat> and the circus surrounding him yesterday. CNN apparently did carry it, and even and then it got to be too much for them, and they finally cut away towards the end. Fox carried it. C-SPAN carried it. Um, <clears throat> I understand Newsmax is back on DirecTV, 
But I got rid of DirecTV, and I certainly don't watch Newsmax. So I don't know. But it, it's kind of it played out the way I thought it would. Now, um, I was going to pull some clips because the guy is batshit crazy. But she knew that. And I, I sort of made a promise. I didn't tell you. But in my head, I made a promise to you that I was going to play his voice as little as possible. So, and, and it's hard to, you know, to sit through that crap to pull clips. So, I, although I'm not usually a fan of Chris Saliz's, never was, didn't like him on at the Washington Post, didn't like him on CNN. However, <laughs> that said, today, what he did was, I guess he listened to that speech so we didn't have to, and he pulled a bunch of quotes from it. And called them out. So I thought, so I went through the quotes that Chris Eliza pulled. And, you know, it was just it, it, to, to sort of review what he had to say. Not that he said anything of substance, because he didn't. In fact, the speech was described as horribly boring. The old, you know, his greatest hits of grievances. Everything, everything is about him. Everything is a complaint. Everything is a lie. And it's just the same old, same old. But apparently he did it with really low energy <clears throat> and no humor. No humor. So anyway, um, here's, here's some of uh, what he said last night. By he, I mean the former guy. From the beginning, the Democrats spied on my campaign. Well, you know what, you know what that is, right? And we speak in technical terms here on the show. If you're new here, welcome. We, you know, we use scientific uh, explanations. So that from the beginning, the Democrats spied on my campaign. That the technical term for that is bullshit. Thank you, bullshit. Uh, the next one. They attacked me with an onslaught of fraudulent investigations. Russia, Russia, Russia. Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. Impeachment hoax number one. Impeachment hoax number two. The illegal and unconstitutional raid on Mar-a-Lago. Right here. First of all, Russia was real ukraine you tried to you tried to <coughs> excuse me i've had <coughs> something i had water go down the wrong tube about 20 minutes ago and it's still bothering me so if i break into uncontrollable hacking <coughs> you'll know why ukraine he tried to blackmail president Zelensky into <clears throat> lying to the world and saying that they were investigating Joe Biden when they weren't during an election. Ukraine was a thing, and your perfect phone call was anything but, because you live in opposite world, but we knew that. Um, impeachment hoax, one and two. Oh, there was nothing hoaxing, hoaxy about either one of them. You were impeached twice. Twice impeached former asshole. Well, former guy, still an asshole. And then um, unconstitutional raid? Bullshit. Nothing unconstitutional about it. It wasn't a raid. They executed a search warrant because you were fucking with the government and all those documents. Oh, we'll get there. We will get there. Um, a few others that, I, that I, I highlighted. Here's one. The millions of votes illegally stuffed into ballot boxes and all caught on government cameras. Bullshit. Again, bullshit. It's nothing. Uh, there was no ballot stuffing. Um, that that uh, Dinesh D'Souza film that allegedly 
showed the ballot stuffing. It's all bullshit. This man lies every time he opens his mouth. Then he said, our elections were like those of a third world country. And now this massive election interference at a scale we've never before seen in our country, beginning with the radical left, George Soros, backed prosecutor Alvin Bragg of New York. I don't even know where to begin. First of all, we talked about this yesterday a little bit. So what if George Soros gives money to some Democratic candidates? We have one billionaire who who donates to the cause. Your side has 10 of them, at least, and a lot more who never let it be known. They're doling out their money to their political pawns. Um, but the fact is, Soros gave money to a super PAC that supported Bragg, and they gave him some money. But Soros never gave Bragg any money. There is no connection between Soros and Bragg. And the only reason they're all up in arms about Soros is because he's Jewish. (gasps) Oh, by the way, Passover starts tonight. Good yuntif, everybody, I think. I'm a bad Jew. So don't, maybe I'll have some wine tonight for Passover. We're not, we don't, we're not observant. So, uh, but it's a thing. Um, I've told this story before. Excuse me while I digress a moment. Uh, Because Passover is tonight, Friday is Good Friday, Easter is Sunday. The entirety of my religious education came from watching the Ten Commandments on TV uh, Easter weekend. So this week, at some point in history, I, um, I, I, I watched the Ten Commandments. And that's what I know about Passover. Now, Easter is not in there. Just in case you were wondering, Easter is not in the Ten Commandments because that happened years later, like many years later, because Jesus wasn't even born yet at the time of Moses. This was all new to me. You got to understand. So anyway, oh, that was a snort. Excuse me. Um, (laughs) Oh, man, I'm a little giddy today. It's been just one of those weird days. Yeah, the Last Supper was a Seder. Absolutely. And Jesus, well, but yeah, so a Seder from Passover that, that came many years before, I'm thinking like thousands of years before, but again, I'm the wrong person to ask when it comes to religion. However, I'm Jewish, so they consider me, I don't know, a tool of George Soros and somebody who's a globalist and is going to destroy the world. See, they're all... They're all really fucked up. And I'm not going to read any more of these quotes because he's a maniac. I mean, of the worst kind. Josie in the chat room says, 12 years of Catholic school and now I'm a Buddhist. Works for me. Uh, Not the Catholic stuff, the Buddhist stuff. You know, organized religion. Just really? But that's what's happening this week. So if you celebrate happy Passover, happy Easter. Is Easter a happy holiday? Because, you know, here's where I'm confused. So Good Friday, that's when they killed him, right? That's when they killed Jesus on Good Friday. So why is it good? Wouldn't it be Bad Friday? And then he allegedly arises from the dead on Easter. The thing I knew about is I used to work at a radio station in San Diego called 91X. And it was a great show. Every Sunday, it was called Resurrection Sunday. And they played, you know, classic 
alternative tracks. It was it was an alternative station. So Resurrection Sunday, because they're bringing back dead <laughs> songs from the past. I, I guess. So Easter Sunday is when Jesus rose from the dead. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. And then where did the bunnies come from? What bunnies? I, 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 you, now you understand why I'm so confused, right? Matzah. That's what I know about Passover. Matzah. Man. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Enough of that. Um, uh, th- today's a big day. I should tell you that um, um, uh, we do have a guest coming on in a few minutes. I think I timed it wrong. We've got a lot to talk about today, but I I think I timed it wrong. But here's the deal. Yesterday, we saw students walk out of schools in Tennessee, all around the state, a huge number of them amassed on the Capitol in Nashville, protesting gun violence. Um, It was enormous. Now, let me tell you, in the gut, in the in the in the legislature, a couple of the Democrats in the state legislature apparently went out to protest with the students. Well, the I guess the Speaker of the Tennessee House, who is a Republican, now wants to eject those two members um, because they sided with the students and stood up to gun violence. They wants them ejected from the, the Tennessee state legislature. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Oh, so Tamara said the the rabbits came in because they represent, somebody said they represent fertility. And Tamara said because rabbits bred and multiply as man is supposed to do. Ooh, uh, PNW tree hunger, hugger. Bunnies are a leftover from pagan fertility myths. So that's real. That's like the Catholics. They, they just want you to... Um, Fuck like rabbits and and keep and keep uh, and keep uh, um, pushing out the babies. Is that is that what it is? Maybe Bobby is going to tell me. My my mouse has been acting up today. Hold on one second, Bobby. I'm going to get you here. Um, hello. So are you going to tell me what uh, the bunny connection is to Easter? All around the state. Bobby. Hello? Oh yes. yeah. Yeah. Turn down the radio. Yeah. Turn down the radio because there's a oh, little I'll, delay. I did. <clears throat> Okay. Oh, Hi. Sorry. Yeah. I, I forget. You, you're multitasking. You, I, you're a screener and the. Exactly. Uh, oh. We have no screeners yeah. here. Uh, yeah. Uh, the Easter Bunny, uh, apparently a bunny ran across uh, the field um, at the uh, crucifixion. That's the only thing I can say. Either <laughs> that or there was a, or they were eating peat uh, as it was going on. That's the only thing I can figure out. They were eating <laughs> what? Um, peat. I, I, you don't know about peeps? Pe- oh, peeps. The mushroom. The, the mushroom. The, yes. the marshmallow things. Yeah. The peeps. Gotcha. I got yeah. I don't yes. think they had peeps yeah. at the time of the um, crucifi- <laughs> crucifixion of Christ. But a good thought. Uh, okay. No, I, I like the image it conjures up. But here's an image that's even better for me. Yeah. Magateers crying about the fact that he was treated so that nobody else in America would be treated like that. I'm sorry. Uh, I got two questions, two things that uh, I don't like about the uh, right. They're always saying the American people mm-hmm. want. 
And exactly. the only American people they care about is the other legislators that are in, on their side. They don't <clears> care about <throat> anybody else. Mm-hmm. No. And, and, you know, and I know now why Ron DeSantis is trying to bar history from Florida. Because history books in 10 years are going to be talking about this. And he is not going to, none of these people are going to look good. None at all, especially Miss Lindsay. Oh, crying, spending money. Look. Oh, he was, he's pathetic. Oh, my God. So there's Miss Lindsey Graham crying, crying. Mm-hmm. You got to send him some money. The man, if you believe him, he's a billionaire. Even if you don't believe him, he's got some money enough to fly around in a gaudy plane and live in gaudy gold-plated places. He can pay his own fucking legal bills. You don't have to send him your money. These poor schmucks who are struggling to get by, whose houses are blowing away in tornadoes, are still, they're doing like... The you know the televangelists do reach into your pocket and send us some money because we need it. So he's just taken a, a a page from the book of the the telehustlers and and taking advantage of these poor people. It's everything about oh, it is kind of despicable. It is it's beyond despicable because I mean if he comes out here. I'm rich. I'm rich. I'm begging. Emily, you know, people that really, if there was somebody on the side of the street that was truly homeless, uh-huh. these people wouldn't even give them a dollar. No, right. But yeah, they're going to send, you know, tons of money to Trump. Yeah. Well, they're doing it anyway. And think about this, Bobby. Think about this. How much money, especially in the most recent elections, how much money is spent on elections and the money goes to consultants mostly and TV advertising billions of dollars billions think about if Everywhere. if we had public financing of elections each candidate got so much money to do with as they will they're all working with the same amount so it's all fair and the billions of dollars can go to help people who need money who need help, who need food, who need a place to live. Instead, we blow it all on these stupid elections. Stupid elections. And, you know, I'm tired of people with all this money. See, like, they're talking about uh, changing the way that people uh, tip, that, uh, finding a way to tax tips and make sure that everybody accounts for tips properly. Yeah. I work in the tip industry, and everybody knows you don't account for every tip. Right. They would rather well, go after people that are living off of those pennies yep. than helping million, billionaires, millionaires and billionaires a little more. Yep. They will never, they'll drop that much money uh, on the floor yeah. that they need to pay in taxes. But then, no, we can't do that to them. Right. But we can do that to the world. The hostess is going to serve you when you go to real life. Right. Of course. Of course. Hey, Bobby, um, um, uh, Robert in Naples is on the line. Robert, you're there. Oh, Robert, Bobby, 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 Bobby Robert. Make Bobby, make some room. Go, go swim to the other side of the pool. Let me get in there. Let me get my toes in there. Come on. All right, listen. Drive me, that truck on in here, brother. No, thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Thank you. All right, so Nicole, you guys you're talking about uh, being a millionaire billionaire. Yeah. And here's my opinion. Here's my thing. If you're a billionaire, I'm not a billionaire. I probably, if I liquidate all my stuff, I'm close to a million, maybe a little over, right? And I guarantee you, if you went to look at my couch, you'd find fifteen, forty dollars there, right? <laughs> you're gonna yeah. tell me that a fucking billionaire, a billionaire, don't have walking around. I gotta get out of here, money. 
and maybe in like four, five different currencies. Um, you know, he's supposed to have a. Right. If you're a billionaire, you got a you got a half million dollars in cash somewhere in your house. Okay, couple you know, if you couple don't have cash, you don't can't pay up. I mean, you <clears> anything <throat> other than cash, you got a paper trail. Is what I'm trying right. to get at. Right. Gotcha. You can't tell you. You can't tell me you can't pay cash for walking away. Get them out of here for money. You know, they, they, that's ridiculous to me. I mean, he wants to buy the Buffalo Bills, but he can't pay off, uh, you know, people to shut up. <laughs> I mean, give me a break. Unbelievable. Right. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. Listen, I'm driving hard here on 75. I want to get home. But I want to say, I'm just, today I drove by his airport there at the West Palm Beach. I uh-huh. was in West Palm today. Oh, you were. You were over on our side, said, huh? <clears throat> yeah. yeah, so his plane is parked on Southern Boulevard. You can see it through the chain link fence. And I'm looking at it. I'm going, look at this. Look at this. This is this is Melania one because you know she's getting it in the <laughs> in the divorce. That's gonna be that's it's her fucking plane. All right, listen, Let's guys. Hope. I wish okay. Bobby. I'll let you back in. No, the you guys. I gotta go yeah. because well, I, well, I have well, a guest. Well, I I gotta go because I have a guest coming up. So Bobby, oh, you just had your guest, Robert, <laughs> <laughs> the Robert and Bobby show. Uh, all right, guys, I'm going to let yeah. both of you go. Love Bec- you, baby. Because, Take care. Bye. Because we're going to get a little serious here. Um, seriously. So <clears throat> I told you yesterday, I started telling you this before anyway. Yesterday uh, in Tennessee, students walked out to protest gun violence. Thank you. And they, um, <clears throat> there are two members of the Tennessee state legislature, Democrats, obviously, who went out and protested with the kids. And the Republicans in the legislature now want to strip those two of their office because they dared to stand with the students in the state who are protesting. They today, today around the country, many other students along with um, Students Demand Action and Moms Demand Action, walked out as well. In fact, here is a um, video from New York City. Check this out. I'm scared to go to school because I don't want to get shot. People are just dying on the streets out here. They're walking to school. Next thing you know, there's a bullet in their chest. A lot of people are dying and for no reason because of people are being crazy and buying guns. It's not fair how people are banning some books and not guns. People shouldn't be scared to go to get it in the education. It's unfair for like little kids to be like paranoid all the time coming to school when school is supposed to be like a safe space for you to learn. It happens a lot. We need to do something about this. We need to end gun violence right now. Good, good on those kids. Um, We do need to end gun violence right now. Here in the state of Florida, or as I call it, Florida, the governor, and his nickname has never been truer, Governor Death Sentence, um, yesterday, as yesterday, one week after the shootings, in Nashville, where in an elementary school again, an elementary school, three nine-year-old kids and three adults were gunned down by a crazy person who never should have been allowed near a gun, who blasted their way into the school and murdered innocent people. Enough already. Enough, enough. So today, kids around the country... um walked out. And I think I have one of them on the line now. Alexis uh, Dorman is a, a sophomore at Florida State University up in Tallahassee. Alexis, thank you so much for being here today. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. So now you guys all walked out of your classes today at Florida State? 
And you're yes. one, you were one of the organizers of that. Tell us what happened, how it went. Yeah, so along with universities and high schools and other schools across the country, students at Florida State walked out of their classes at noon today. And because we're here in the capital of Florida, we marched to the governor's mansion um, in honor of the lives lost at the Covenant School last week and um, in protest of Governor Ron DeSantis signing permitless concealed carry into law this past Monday. That's frightening. The permitless concealed carry, because, you know, it used to be you'd see someone walking down the street, but at least you knew that in Florida we had gun laws. So the average crazy person walking down the street was not packing heat. But we don't know that anymore now, do we? Right. Um, Permitless concealed carry would allow people to carry a gun concealed so you don't even know if they have it or not um, with not no training, um, no education regarding, you know, how to properly handle a firearm. Um, People are going to be able to carry guns in grocery stores, public places, and even the safe zones that are outlined in the bill. um, The only way to know whether or not somebody is carrying a firearm in these safe zones is if a law enforcement officer, you know, pulls them over and and verifies. And even then we're putting our law enforcement members in danger um, because we don't know what people are are concealed carrying these firearms for, what they're planning to do with them. It is it's a really scary environment that we're creating here. In it's Florida. frightening. And DeSantis, <clears throat> you know, he likes to grab the spotlight whenever he can. And he usually has these big public bill signing uh, events. Well, this one he did very quietly in the privacy of his own office, surrounded by Gun lobbyists. That's who was in the room with him when he signed this bill. No press, no public, no no big uh, event. Oh, but the lobbyists were there because that's what really matters to him. Um, everything that this guy is doing is scary. Now, you're a university student. You're at Florida State in Tallahassee. I graduated from the University of South Florida about a million years ago. And when I was there, I was a student there. I, I was there from 78 to 81, I think. I graduated high school in 77. But um, um, when I was there, they had just brought this, the, the, what's a, a, a satellite campus, the new college in Sarasota, into the University of South Florida system so it was part of our school and so i've i've always sort of watched out and and kept tabs on what they've done at new college and it's a a really innovative sounds like a wonderful program there are you familiar with the new college and what they do there yeah yeah and i think that you know given that there are so many young people in the state of florida we really see people standing up for what they believe in and this generation is the most Um, diverse potential group of voters in the state of Florida right now. And we're seeing, um, you know, students be civically engaged and engaging with our political process, speaking out for what they believe, just like, you know, students demand action, Um, students speaking out against bills like House Bill 543, permitless concealed carry, and 1543, which would lower the age to uh, purchase a firearm from 21 to 18. Um, We see people speaking out and really you know, representing the things that they believe in. And and that's an amazing um, sight, especially for, you know, people who are wanting to see change in our our Florida legislature. Right. No. And and I only brought up New College because this governor is putting his 
authoritarian stamp on that. And New College has always been, uh, you know, for the last 20, 30 years anyway, has been uh, forging its position as sort of a haven for kids who didn't fit in the average, you know, big university atmosphere. It's been a it's been a place of comfort for um, for the LGBTQ community. A lot of trans kids go there because they they feel free to be who they are. <clears throat> and and the governor is trying to remake it into a, a, a mirror of of a Christian college from, I, I believe, Michigan, Hillsdale College, turn it to something that it isn't. And what I'm seeing is students, kids, I'm sorry, I call you kids because I'm old compared to you. To me, <laughs> you are, but you're a young adult, are finally taking to the streets and saying, no, this is not okay. I'm so glad you're doing this. When I was younger, before my time even, because I wasn't, you know, I was a little kid in the 60s, but that's when the protest movement really got its footing. And then it seemed to have sort of faded for a while. But it seems like your generation are finally getting to the point where you're saying enough already. We're not going to stand for this. We're going to take control of our futures. And I'm so encouraged by watching you all. Um, can I ask what you're majoring in? Yeah, I'm pursuing dual degrees in international affairs and political science. So wow. I definitely want to stay politically involved. Um, you know, this is something that I'm really passionate about. And I think, yeah, just like you said, students are fed up with some of the legislation that has moved through the legislature this past or, you know, this current session. Um, and we're seeing people stand up for what they believe in. Good. You know, um, this governor also <clears throat> signed is well, I don't he hasn't signed it yet. It's working its way through it past the Senate. I guess it goes to the House <clears throat> and then it'll go to the governor. A six week abortion ban. Now, back when I was younger than you, um, Roe v. Wade, uh, you know, was went through the Supreme Court and abortion was legal. And um, so most you have only known of a of a world in which you had the right to control what happens with your body. And they're now trying to take that away again. What DeSantis wants to do is sign a law that says six weeks um, and, and no abortion after six. Weeks. Well, most women don't even know they're pregnant at six weeks. So, again, we're seeing people stand up. Now, there was a protest outside of the. I guess Tallahassee City Hall, where the chair of the Democratic Party of Florida, um, a member of Congress and about nine other people were arrested the other night for simply sitting. They were sitting on the steps and singing in protest of this um, move to gut women of their reproductive rights. Um, Are you seeing this on a lot of issues? People are getting fed up with what the governor is doing there in Tallahassee? Yeah, absolutely. And I think also, you know, a lot of these pieces of legislation that are moving through the legislature are extremely intersectional, right? Um, For example, HB 543 will disproportionately negatively impact brown and black folks, um, members of the LGBTQ plus community, um, just because, you know, it it wasn't made for... uh, a black man to be able to conceal carry a firearm without a permit. It's made for, you know, the white folks who, who don't want to go through the training processes and the education process to be able to carry a firearm. And I think that's very similar um, to what we're seeing in a lot of these issues. I also know that, you know, there is 
a gloom across campus uh, about protesting just because some of the stuff that we've seen in the news. But um, students are not going to back down. We're going to continue um, advocating for for our rights, uh, for what we believe in, and you know, expressing our First Amendment rights in in speaking out against these issues. So Alexis, again, for those who are just joining us, is a sophomore at Florida State University and a volunteer for Students Demand Action. Now, you're from Florida, right? Did You grew up in the state? Are you from the Orlando yes, I'm area? I'm from Orlando originally. Because <clears throat> uh, I'm in, in South Florida. I'm in Coral Springs. We are uh, like the sister city of Parkland. And, um, you know, the, the, five years ago, our world was rocked. I mean, in a bad way, in a horrible way. And we're still feeling it. And the kids from Parkland have now grown up. A lot of them, um, you know, they formed, they, they founded March for Our Lives. There are a number of organizations all with the same end goal is to stop the gun violence, stop the mass shootings. Um, it's almost, I hate to ask the question, but it seems like with each passing year, <clears throat> Everybody I talk to has been impacted in one way or another by one of these mass shootings. Here I am, you know, 10 minutes down the road from Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. Have you been personally impacted by any of these mass shootings or are you just you're a student at school saying I could be next? Yeah, in 2016, I mean, the Pulse nightclub shooting happened not even 30 minutes from my house. Yep. Um, I remember being in eighth grade and sitting in lockdown for over six hours after a gunman shot and killed a police lieutenant at the Walmart across the street from my school. Um, while I have been fortunate enough to not personally experience any sort of tragedy like, you know, the ones that we see uh, play out every single day, I think that um, just like you said, you know, young people in the United States um, are directly and indirectly impacted by gun violence at disproportional rates just because of how common, um, you know, these tragedies have become. You know, I remember as a kid, we would have fire drills you know, once a month, every couple of months, there'd be the fire and we'd orderly, you know, leave the building. They were, you know, it was like, oh, OK, a break in the action here. What the drills that you've experienced probably since you're a little kid are very different. You you go through active shooter drills at school. I can't even imagine before my time. Yeah, but my husband I think went through it because he's like seven years older than I am. So very in the very recent past, they were doing you know duck and cover drills. They would get under their desks because of the you know the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis, and they were afraid of nukes falling. I guess every generation has their own thing. I guess I was lucky that all we had were fire drills. Um, I've seen a meme go around lately where they have little kids, you know, being escorted out of a school that's riddled with bullets and blood everywhere and bodies. But the the adults are going, shield your don't look because there's this, the statue of David naked that, um, you know, the, the, the government, the government of Florida feels that's more harmful to you, I guess, a naked man's body, the most famous statue in the world than gun violence. Our, our, our priorities are kind of screwed up, aren't they? Yeah, I think that it, it is definitely time for members of the legislature to wake up and realize that gun violence is a very real issue. It impacts a lot of Floridians and that, you know, the laws that they are, you know, now enacting are not the 
the laws that constituents want and we need to prioritize common sense safety gun laws um i know there's a bill in the uh that was introduced this session that would ban military um style assault weapons uh introduced by representative escamani and it hasn't moved at all um even though the majority of floridians you know do support these sorts of common sense uh, gun laws that would protect you know young people students um floridians in general just people out in public um, so it is important that we, you know, make it known what the priorities of our lawmakers should be. Without a doubt. And they need to know these things. The number one killer of children in America now is guns, mm-hmm. not cancer, not not it, guns. That that should be sounding alarms everywhere. But did you hear what one of these brain surgeons said? Um, there's nothing more we can do uh, in Congress as a member of Congress from from Tennessee, said nothing more we can do, you know, in Congress, we can't do anything. But what we should do, how, how is this for a solution? What he suggested is we take the $500 million, which in the big scheme of things is not that much money, sadly, that's been earmarked to put solar panels on schools, take that money and instead use it to harden the school so it's going to be more difficult for a gunman to get in. Alexis, what what would your response be to that congressman? Yeah, I think that that the argument that the schools are not safe enough because there's not enough law enforcement, you know, sitting outside or the school structure isn't, um, you know, sound enough to to prevent, you know, gunshots from getting through is illogical. I think we really need to focus on the fact that guns on the street make people unsafe and and you know, we need to work harder to to put safety precautions in place to ensure that the people, the crazy people with the guns never make it into the school, right? Because they never got a gun in the first place. Exactly. And we do need solar panels on the schools, don't we? We need to we need to keep the planet alive so that you and your children and future grandchildren can have a nice place to live. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it seems like some of our elected uh, officials up there have their priorities a little Ask backwards. Um, uh, Alexis Dorman, I'm I'm so heartened by your generation, by the kids I'm seeing. You know, the um, the the millennials, they they didn't live up to the expectations. But Gen, you're Gen Z now, right? So Gen Z is really doing it. In fact, it's your where you're from, the Orlando area that gave us our first Gen Z member of Congress, Maxwell Frost. Is that somebody that you're supporting? Yeah, I mean, Maxwell Frost is the first ever elected member of Generation Z, and he has, you know, taken enormous strides into implementing some of the policies that Students Demand Action, March for Our Lives, and other, you know, gun violence prevention organizations have been, you know, advocating for for so long. He he worked for March for Our Lives, mm-hmm. so you know, this is an issue, again, that hits really close to home for him. And, you know, we're, I I know that we, we support everything that he's doing in, you know, working to make um, our, our districts and states safer, um, you know, by taking guns off the streets. Now you mentioned Anna Escamani. She's in the Florida state legislature. She, I think is probably our best hope for the Democrats in the, in the immediate future. um, Cause the democratic party has not been doing so well. 
I, I'm not even <clears throat> assuming what party you're with. I, I have my ideas, but I'm not going to go there because this is not a partisan issue. This should be an everybody issue. Guns, making sure our kids are safe when they go to school. And by the same token, making sure old people like me are safe when they go to the grocery store. It's insane that we have to worry and look at everybody now with a, a bit of um, a worry, wondering if that person has got a gun on them. Um, does anybody you're you're in Tallahassee, you're studying political science. Do you uh, and the legislature is in session. Are you seeing some of their are you going and being in any of these sessions and seeing how they're arguing the the, the legislature in Florida is so lopsided um, that Democrats don't even have a voice in there. And that's why all these really horrible, restrictive laws are being passed Um does it make you want to get in there and and like take one of those seats? Yeah, absolutely. I know that young people, especially here at Florida State, are very involved with the political process, especially when, you know, the House and the Senate are in session. Students Demand Action has had a presence at all of the committee meetings and hearings uh, that have to do with, you know, these dangerous gun bills. And there are a lot of people who are eager to, you know, graduate, stay in Florida and really um, advocate for good change just because, you know, if if nobody else is going to do it somebody has to right somebody has to and i'll tell you something i'm watching the chat room <clears throat> you know we're we're on a number of different flat platforms but we have a, a youtube chat room going during the show and um the people in there are, are really impressed with you alexis thank you for for renewing my faith that something can be done because frankly it's frightening and i hate what's happening not only in this country but around the world there's this wave of these um, authoritarian figures, these, they call them populists. I don't, I don't think it's populism. I think it's, I, I think there's a screw loose somewhere. I think, I think, I, I don't know, it's in the water or something. It's whatever we've done in the air and the water and the food and the plastic and everything that some people are just a bit off and we need the people who have their shit together to take charge. You have your shit together, or certainly you appear to. Alexis Dorman, I'm so happy that we were able to talk today. Um, she was one of the organizers up there at FSU with Students Demand Action, working with Moms Demand Action, working with Every Town for Gun Safety. I think a lot of the groups got together, and there are these, as you saw when I first brought you on, I played a video from New York City where they walked out of schools today, too. This happened in a number of states around the country today, and all week long, schools are doing this, Right. Yes, there there were hundreds students across or hundreds of students across the state of Florida and the the rest of the nation that walked out today. My sister is actually in high school and she organized walk out at, at her local high school. Awesome. Um, there there are people across the country who you know wanted to to honor the the lives lost at the Covenant School are protesting um, these laws that are being passed across the United States that would make our streets um, less safe for for constituents. Um, and, and yeah, young people really stood up today. Okay. Um, well, I'm just about ready to let her go. So Dave, my husband, David has been listening from the other room. He likes to come in and give his two cents. So David wanted to come in and say something. What I wanted to say was you mentioned that, you know, we had done duck and cover drills when I was in elementary school. Not only that, but I can remember playing kickball in elementary school and the elementary school I was attending was right on US one. Mm-hmm. And I can remember playing kickball during the Cuban Missile Crisis and watching troop transports. Ooh, I told you he was US-1 old. 
going trucks hauling tanks going down US one, the same highway that you and I drive down yeah, all the time. Yeah, trucks going down US one hauling tanks, literally tanks on the back of these giant trucks, yeah. and we're standing there watching this while we're playing kickball in elementary school. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up is we had an idea, even though. Uh, God, I was, what, uh, seven, maybe, eight years old, tops. So even though I knew what was going on, it was such an unreal possibility that anything like that was ever going to happen that we kind of were able to deal with it and ignore it. In the current situation, that's not possible because not only has it happened, it's happened again and, and, again, again, and again and again and again. And it's not just as happening on the other side of the country. It's not just happening on the other side of the state or on the other side of town. It's happening every fucking where. And we've got to do something about it. And I will say this. Yep, yeah, I'm a boomer. Yeah. And we okay, fucked boomer. up a lot. However... We also stopped the Vietnam War, yes, which was the first true. time the children in any country had Haven't ever did. done anything mm-hmm. that significant. So it shows you what's possible. And that's why I'm bringing it up. If we can stop a war, I'm hoping, and I will phrase it exactly that way, I'm hoping that your generation can stop this because this is just beyond bullshit. And that's my husband. Didn't have a question. He just wanted to talk. But but what he said makes sense. I hope you run for office. I hope everybody like you, other young people in college now who have the same smarts as you do, because you are obviously very intelligent and well-spoken and well-read and you know your stuff and, and you have a passion. And I, I'm, I'm so encouraged by hearing you. Um, I hope you all run for office. Let me tell you something. A lot of the people in Congress, maybe my age, they're too old. It's not their futures at stake. And maybe they don't have children or grandchildren to where this is all I think about. My daughter's 23. I, you know, I won't be here too many more years, but she will and you will. And I want to leave you an inhabitable, inhabitable planet and the ability to walk down the street without worrying that someone's going to come up behind you with a gun, the ability to go to a mall and not wonder if you're going to make it out alive. So Alexis, I'm so encouraged by the fact that you are there, that you're doing what you're doing, that you're studying political science. I hope you run for office. And I, you know, I hope to see you in Congress one of these days and beyond. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, thank you. It was great to meet you. And um, you have my email address now. If there's ever an issue that you want to talk about, I do this show every day. Reach out to me. Yours is a voice we need to hear more of. Ah, thank you. It was really nice to meet you. It was nice to meet you too. Thank you for the work you're doing. It's really important. So thank you. All right. Take care, Alexis. Bye-bye. Um, okay. I, I love her. How about that? I was, you know, I've been in a pissy mood today for a number of reasons. I had to wake up early, had to go to the eye doctor, get my eye checked. It's doing fine. Thank you very much. Um, But it it was a frustrating day for a number of reasons. And hearing Donald Trump's voice everywhere, it it makes any day bad. Um, But um, talking to some, and, and so I had asked Alexis yesterday, I just lined her up to come on yesterday, knowing that these walkouts were happening all week. And I asked her, please send me some information, a little bio on you so I know who you are. And I got nothing from her. And in my pissiness today, I wrote to the person who 
helped me get her, who booked her, and said, I need to know who she is. I can't just have on somebody just having a name. I need, and, and you know, so I was, I was in that pissy mood, mode. And then she comes on, and boy, what a f- breath of fresh air. Like, just awesome. That, it, you know, people like Alexis are out there. And we have to know that, um, I was going to say, I believe the children are a few. She's not a child. There are young people who are willing to stand up and take risks and do whatever it takes to ensure their futures. And when I say to ensure their future, that they have a future. Awesome. Okay, there's one other thing I want to talk to you about. Uh, two, two other things, actually. But first, let me take a break. I've been very slowly nursing my smoothie this afternoon really enjoying it because today it's only blueberries it's blueberries a little bit of vanilla flavoring um some water and um i put a little bit of plain yogurt in it to to um give it a little bit of body and it's delicious no strawberries because david finished the strawberries today but let me tell you something we are it is april 5th we are coming into fruit season. Um, Strawberry season is just happening. Strawberries coming from California, right? Blueberries are just around the corner. These are from Mexico, but soon they're going to be in season here. And fresh fruits and berries make the best smoothies. And you don't have to pay 10 bucks at a juice bar or anything like that to get a great smoothie and make it yourself. And that way you can control what goes in it. Get yourself a blend jet too. Even better than that, Mother's Day is just around the corner. Get one for the mom in your life. Could be your wife, could be your daughter, could be your sister, could be anybody, because this is such a great gift. It's a quality product, the blend jet too. You get it at blendjet.com. You um you enter in the promo code feed me twelve. Feed me twelve, all one word. You get 12% off your purchase and free two-day shipping. And again, it makes a great a great gift. They also have all these lovely designs. This one is the geode um, uh, model. It's very pretty. Uh, fits in your cup holder. I loaded it with coffee and a bunch of ice this morning. Got in the car, drove to drive up to the eye doctor, and blended it on the way and had my fresh coffee drink that didn't cost me 10 bucks at Starbucks. Thank you very much. I made it myself and it was delicious. Mwah! So blendjet.com, feed me 12, the promo code. Go ahead, get one for yourself and get one for the moms in your life because Mother's Day is about a month away. Okay, so in addition to everything else that's going on, there were two elections yesterday. They were runoff elections. In Chicago, the progressive won. Thank you, Chicago. Hopefully this guy seems great. I believe he's going to be on Chris Hayes' show tonight on MSNBC because I just saw the um, uh, 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 Chris Hayes' tweet saying that, so that'll be good. And in Wisconsin, and it wasn't even close, the, um, the you know, the, it was the runoff for the control of the uh, Supreme Court there in Michigan, uh, I'm sorry, in Wisconsin, and the progressive won, and not just barely, she won by a nice, I I mean, a good margin. Now, I want to play for you a couple of very quick videos. First, I'm going to play for you Janet Protasiewicz. 
and I'm probably mispronouncing her name, and I apologize to her and to, um, you know, all Polish Americans, Protasiewicz or something like that. Close. Uh, Anyway, she is the newest member of the Wisconsin Supreme Court. And, um, well, here's a little bit of her victory speech last night. Oh, it would help if I hit play. So finally, to the people of this beautiful state of Wisconsin, I thank you. Today's results mean two very important and special things. First, it means that Wisconsin voters have made their voices heard. Yeah. They've chosen to reject partisan extremism in this state. And second, it means our democracy will always prevail. Yeah. Hell yeah. Too many have tried to overturn the will of the people. Today's results show that Wisconsinites believe in democracy and the democratic process. Yes. Thank you. So that is the newest member of the Supreme Court. Seems like a perfectly, of the Wisconsin Supreme Court, seems like a perfectly nice, normal, progressive woman. Now I want to play for you some of the comments because I, I, I wasn't able to get through this video earlier because this man is unhinged. This is uh, the former Wisconsin Justice Daniel Kelly who lost to Janet Protasiewicz. And boy, did he deserve to lose as bigly as he did because just get a load of this cretin. I wish that in a circumstance like this, I would be able to concede to a worthy opponent. Excuse me? But I do not have a worthy opponent (laughs) which I can concede. Oh, really? This was the most deeply deceitful, dishonorable, despicable campaign I have ever seen run for the courts. What? What? Yeah, on your part. You piece of shit. These people. Okay. Now I say this not because. Not because not what? Prevail. What? I do not say this because of the rancid slanders that were launched against me. The rancid slanders? What? But that is not my concern. What's your my concern? concern the damage done to the institution of the courts. By you. You cretin. You piece my of shit. All right. I, enough. I, enough. This, you know. I'm I'm so sick of these people rewriting everything for history on down. The, you know, they believe just like Donald Trump, if you're not with me, if you don't agree with my brand of politics, then you are are an enemy of the state. You know, just like they're saying uh, we're, we're in some third world country. They're arresting a former president. Now, because the former president broke the law. When you break the law, you pay the price. What they wanted to do was lock up somebody who didn't ha- never had any charges brought against her. Remember this? Oh, yeah. Lock her up. Um, remember this asshole, Mike Flynn? He 
do not need a reckless president who believes she is above the law. Oh, so you just don't like her. Lock her up. That's right. Lock her up. That was a former general. A general in the U.S. military who the former president, Barack Obama, warned the incoming now former guy that that man is unhinged and he's dangerous and get him the hell out of there. So what does Trump do? He makes him what is his national security advisor. That's scary. And they wanted to lock up the their guy's political opponent, not because she was guilty of any crime, not because she was charged, you know, 34 uh, on 34 felony charges with many more coming. No, they got it in their heads that she did something wrong. Did she make stupid mistakes with email? Perhaps. Was it a jailable offense? No, but their rallying cry was. And these, and these are the poor people clutching their pearls going, how dare they talk about jailing a former president? Well, most civilized nations, when their former leaders are found to have extorted the public, lied about the election, tried to overturn an election, fomented violence and an insurrection and an overthrow of the government, that person is usually locked up. The problem is when it's not, when they're not locked up, there's the problem. When they're not held accountable for their crimes, when they're allowed to commit crimes with impunity and not be held accountable, that's the third world country. That's the banana republic. That's the authoritarian nation. See, I talk about opposite world all the, all the time for good reason. Because everything they say, if you turn it backwards, you look at it inverted in the mirror, then you get a semblance of what's real. But where they live, where they live... Everything you thought you knew, you never knew at all. Sideways is straight ahead. Facts no longer matter. Reality is now fiction. There's a signpost up ahead. Your next stop, Opposite World. So, so, I I have so many notes here that may be too much, so I'm not going to, probably not going to be able to find exactly what I want to find. But there is a transcript available of yesterday's arraignment that ran almost an hour. An arraignment usually takes 10 or 15 minutes. But this went almost an hour. And one of the parts that came up had to do with Donald Trump's mouth, that ugly orifice from which shit spews every time he opens it. And the shit is filled with lies. Bad enough there, it's shit, but it's filled with lies. So one of um, Trump's lawyers, the woman, I think, got up in in the courtroom yesterday and said, uh, complained about something that the prosecution said in their opening remarks. And what she said is, so the complaint from the people is that President Trump is talking too much about the case, talking too much about the investigation. And the judge interrupts her and and said, I'm not sure that's what they were saying. They are complaining about the rhetoric and the charged nature of the language that's being used. And the 
the prosecutor, the prosecutor Conroy said, that is correct, Your Honor. And then the, the uh, Trump lawyer again said, well, if that's the case, the president has not only free speech rights to talk about his view of what's happening by the district attorney in this case. And also it's important for it's important to step back, Your Honor, to realize this case has been investigated for three and a half years. Your Honor. This person went on to say, one of the main investigators with this office left the office, wrote a book about the investigation, published a book and has talked about the book publicly. Therefore, as I said, the people's main witness has talked repeatedly, not only on the courthouse steps. She's she's talking about Michael Cohen here. But on every news show and print media, he's written two books. He has a podcast talking about the case. The president is running for re-election to be the president of the United States. First of all, he's not the president. He's the former guy, but I digress. And then it, she goes on and on and on and on um, um, and, uh, and said, uh, but I think it patently unfair, patently unfair for somebody who's running for president of the United States, for somebody who has sat by and watched for three and a half years an investigation go on about a $130,000 payment before the last election, by the way, to be frustrated and to speak publicly. He has rights. He's allowed to speak publicly. And now let me say this before I read you the, the judge's response. Oh, we're almost out of time. Um, I guess we're out of time. Looks like uh, <laughs> looks like progressive voice has already left. Sorry, um, the, uh, that that he's been speaking publicly. No one has shut him up, even though they should have. And the judge said, OK, certainly, of course, Mr. Trump does have rights. And I don't believe the people are asking the court to impose any kind of gag order. I didn't hear that. Certainly. And this is the judge. He would know if he imposed a gag order. And the uh, defense attorney said, agreed. And then the judge said, certainly the court would not impose a gag order at this time, even if it were requested. Such such restraints are the most serious and least intolerable on First Amendment rights. That does not apply doubly or that does apply doubly to Mr. Trump because he is a candidate for the presidency. So those First Amendment rights are critically important, obviously. And then he continued. He said, I don't share your view that certain language and certain rhetoric is just by frustration. So, and here's the important part. Although I'm not going to issue a gag order and not something close to a gag order, I would encourage counsel on both sides, the people, to please speak to your witnesses. Defense counsel, speak to your client and anybody else you need to and remind them to please refrain. Please refrain from making statements that are likely to incite violence or civil unrest. Please, and this is the judge speaking, please refrain from making comments or engaging in conduct that has the potential to incite violence, create civil unrest, or jeopardize the safety or well-being of any individuals. Also, please do not engage in words or conduct which jeopardizes the rule of law, particularly as it applies to these proceedings in this courtroom. This is a request I'm making. I'm not making it an order. But now that I have made the request, if I were to be handed something like this again in the future, I'd have to take a closer look at it. So I ask you to please discuss that with your client and the people also discuss it with your witnesses. And then the, uh, the prosecutor said, Judge, I note for the record that we have done so and will continue to do so and do everything we can to camp down on any witness comments in public, but there's only so much we can do. Okay, 
That's what the judge said. You heard it very clearly. He said it to both sides. He said he's not issuing an order, certainly not a gag order, but he is warning them, stop with the incendiary language. Stop with the attacks and do not incite violence. So what does Trump do? He does exactly that at his speech last night, if you can call it that, his bitch session. Um, and <laughs> during the hearing, while, while the judge is probably reading this, uh, Donnie Jr. and Eric and Marge all tweeted out pictures of the judge's daughter because they claimed, and I don't know if it's true or not, but if it is, so fucking what, that she worked for the Biden-Harris campaign. Did I miss something? Was I absent that day? Is it illegal to work for the Democratic ticket running for the presidency? I didn't think so. But that's how they think. And then, to bring it full circle, and to... um just drive home a point, Jim Jordan, spelled G-Y-M, Jim Jordan, the chair of the House Judiciary Committee, <laughs> um, goes on Fox and actually said this. Intimidation. This is about chilling everyone's speech, making everyone stay in line. Even the judge yesterday said, hey, Mr. Trump, President Trump, be careful what you say. I think that's a message to all us regular folks across the heartland. And to me, that's the most alarming thing of all. Hey, Jim Jordan, I got a little song for you. I just need you to shut the fuck up. Because nobody asked you, bitch. You know, this is just infuriating because as they do with everything else, he twisted the words. You heard what the judge said. I read it to you verbatim from the transcript. Fuck that guy. And you know what? He should have issued a gag order because what Donald Trump did last night, what his two evil, uh, what were their dimwit names, uh, Dumb and Dumber did, and Marge Q, who needs to stick her ugly face into everything, they are inviting violence to rain down on the family of this judge. I, You know, if that if I were the judge... I would have hauled their asses back in court today and hit them with that gag order. You bring my daughter into this? You bring my family into this? Watch out, buddy. You, you, you rattled the wrong cage here. But chances are we're not going to hear from this judge again on this case until December 4th. Go figure. Yes, and by the way, our pal Spocko who's in the chat room right now, wrote about this very thing today at crooksandliars.com. So go read his piece. And with that, we're done. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow and uh, to pick up from here. What are we doing tomorrow? I have, um, I think I've got two people coming on tomorrow, don't I? Oh, yes. So um, Howie Klein will be here tomorrow because uh, it's Thursday. And... Um, uh, we have a special topic to talk about. I'll tell you about tomorrow. But at the beginning of the show, get here early tomorrow because John Nichols will be here for the first half hour to talk about the importance of that Supreme Court election in Wisconsin. John Nichols, his family has been in Wisconsin for something like seven generations. So John Nichols will start the show off with us tomorrow and then we'll, um, <clears throat> we'll finish it uh, with Howie Klein. 
All right. Ah, with that, I'm done. <laughs> what a day this has been. What a week this has been. What a year this has been. And it's only the beginning of April. Holy shit. We need more Alexis's. Just saying. Just throwing it out there. All right, guys. Um, I'm done. We'll talk tomorrow. I, I appreciate you being here. Thank you for your support. It means everything. Um, and uh, let's see. I'll leave you with the news. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks. Bye. It's time for Nicole Sandler's What's News from NicoleSandler.com and the Progressive Voices Network. Let's begin today with the huge news that's likely being overshadowed by coverage of the former guy's arraignment on Tuesday, which we'll get to. But first, Tuesday was a damn good day for progressives. Voters went to the polls in two runoff elections. In Chicago, progressive Brandon Johnson emerged the winner in the mayoral race against more conservative Paul Vallis. And in Wisconsin, where control of the state Supreme Court was at stake, the liberal judge, Janet Protasiewicz, easily beat her conservative opponent, Daniel Kelly, in that Wisconsin Supreme Court race, moving the court's control to the left, just as they prepare to hear an important abortion case. Oh, and take up redistricting in the state. You see, all Democrats need to do is just show up and vote. Now, on to the main attraction. The lead in the New York Times today reads... Donald J. Trump, who has weathered two impeachment trials, a special counsel inquiry, and decades of investigations, was accused by Manhattan prosecutors on Tuesday of orchestrating a hush money scheme to pave his path to the presidency and then covering it up from the White House. Yeah, history was made on Tuesday. For the first time, a standing or former president was arraigned. Donald Trump was charged with 34 felony counts for allegedly falsifying business records. Now, the case is largely connected to that 2016 hush money payment to former porn star Stormy Daniels, though two other deals were also invoked. The one involving Karen McDougal. Do you remember her, the former Playboy model who was paid $150,000 to keep quiet about an alleged long-term affair? And then there was the case of Dino Sajudin. He's a doorman who was paid $30,000 to keep quiet about a story of a Donald Trump love child that apparently later turned out to be fake anyway. It appears that the two main witnesses for the prosecution are the unfortunately named David Pecker, the former publisher of the National Enquirer, who worked with Trump by lining up these catch-and-kill stories where they'd purchase the rights to negative stories about Trump and then make sure they were never published. And, of course, Michael Cohen, Trump's ex-lawyer and fixer, who went to prison for perjury and tax fraud charges related to these very charges. So Trump arrived at the courthouse. It was a media circus, more media than protesters or counter-protesters combined because our media hasn't learned the lessons. So after the hearing, the cameras, of course, followed Trump and his caravan back to LaGuardia Airport and then back to Florida to Mar-a-Lago. Once at Mar-a-Lago, Trump had promoted that he was going to deliver remarks. According to reports, it was the typical Trump stump speech, except more boring than usual. But apparently, Trump spent 30 minutes trashing all of the investigations he faces. Again, he attacked the judge on this case, Juan Merchan, despite Merchan's admonition to both sides that everyone tied to the criminal case refrained from any comments that undermine the rule of law. But Trump called Merchan, quote, a Trump-hating judge with a Trump-hating wife and family whose daughter worked for Kamala Harris of the Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg, Trump said he, quote, should be prosecuted or at a minimum he should resign 
for illegally leaking vast amounts of grand jury information. God, he's delusional. And about the case in general, Trump said, quote, This fake case was brought only to interfere with the upcoming 2024 election and should be dropped immediately. There is no case. No case. Sure, Donald. Eat another cheeseburger. Of the special counsel, Jack Smith, who was overseeing both the federal classified documents and the January 6th probes, Trump alleged Jack Smith is a made-up name. And he said he's a, quote, radical left lunatic known as a bomb thrower who is harassing hundreds of my people day after day over the boxes hoax. What? He called the district attorney in Fulton County, Georgia, Fannie Willis, a, quote, local racist district attorney in Atlanta, who's doing everything in her power to indict me over an absolutely perfect phone call. Yeah, it was a perfect criminal phone call in which he tried to entice Georgia's secretary of state to fix the results of the election there and declare him the winner. Of New York, Attorney General Letitia James, who's suing the Trumps and the Trump Organization, he said she is, quote, another racist in reverse. Wow. And so it went. Most of the news channels that even bothered to cover it cut away. So what happens next? Well, Trump is free. The judge set the next hearing in this case for December 4th, though, in the wake of the comments Trump made about the judge, his family, his daughter specifically, perhaps they'll call them back into court and institute that gag order or not. I guess we'll wait and find out. In the meantime, no rest for the weary. Right, Rachel Maddow? Next week, he's got the yes. deposition in the quarter billion dollar civil fraud case that Letitia James has brought against That's him. Right. The week after that is the Fox News Dominion trial, That's right. which is going to be a week worth of testimony about how all the most famous right wingers in the country yeah. think that he's a dork and secretly say it to demonic. each other. Demonic. Demonic. <laughs> a demonic. Demonic. Really and then the week after that is the E. Jean Carroll That's trial right. in which he is accused both of rape and, and defamation. And then it's May when there's the broad expectation that Fonnie Willis is going to issue an indictment for what happened down in Fulton County. Good luck to us. And that's just a bit of what's news for now. I'm Nicole Sandler. If you appreciate these reports and the Nicole Sandler show, I hope you'll consider making a contribution. My work is listener supported and I can't do it without your help. Find out more at NicoleSandler.com and please click on that donate button.